Hey, welcome to another awesome episode of the Ash Cash Show with Ash Cash and Mr. Sheba Jones. This is a show that is needed because a friend of mine, or really my brother, who happens to be white, and we were having this conversation about black excellence, about economics, about the division that happens when people start to talk about ethnicity and black, white, Asian, you know, and so we're having a conversation, a real conversation about money. Is it only black folks that need money advice or are there white folks that need money advice and Asian folks that need money advice and Hispanics that need money advice? So today's episode is called Money in Black and White. You don't want to miss it. Ash Cash, Tashima Jones, let's do it. WHCR 90.3 FM, New York. I ain't talking about rich, I'm talking about wet, wet, wet. Money ain't a thing. Money ain't a thing. Money in the bank. Money in the bank. We can talk, but money talk, so talk money. Ash Cash Show, Ash Cash Show. The Ash Cash Show, Ash Cash Show. Now tuned in to the Ash Cash Show, your number one source for financial motivation. Get your mind and your money right. Happy Friday, my ladies, gents, dons, and divas. Welcome to the day that you continue to understand that you are a unique being that cannot fit into a box. Today's daily word is dedicated to embracing your uniqueness. Of the over 8 billion people living in the world today, there is absolutely not one that can do what you do. You are a unique being that can have and do anything you put your mind to, but in order for that to happen, you must believe in that fact. Stop trying to fit in when you were born to stand out. Too often we see people who give up their gift for this false sense of belonging into a world that tries to shun differences. Be different. Be daring. Be you. What you can do innately is absolutely impossible for others to duplicate. So stop wasting your time on fake competitions, trying to outdo those who seem to have a similar path. What's yours is yours and can never be taken away. Nothing can stop you. No one can hold you back. The sooner you understand this, the sooner you will live life to the fullest. Do what you do and never stop striving. As Mandy Hale once eloquently said, you'll learn as you get older that rules are made to be broken. Be bold enough to live life on your terms and never, ever, ever apologize for it. Go against the grain. Refuse to conform. Take the road less traveled instead of the well-beaten path. Laugh in the face of adversity and leap before you look. Dance as though everybody is watching. March to the beat of your own drummer and stubbornly refuse to fit in. I'll leave you with a couple of quotes. And the first one's by Oprah Winfrey. And it says, as you become more clear about who you really are, you'll be better able to decide what is best for you the first time around. Next quote by Malcolm Mudridge. And it says, never forget that only dead fish 
swim with the streams. And last but not least, which is an unknown quote, and it says, initiative is key. Anybody who wants to be somebody is going to work as hard as they can to fulfill that dream. And I actually want to give you a bonus, and it's by Tom Bradley, and it says, the only thing that will stop you from fulfilling your dreams is you. And speaking of fulfilling dreams, Yay. we have the walking dream, the walking fulfiller, the four foot eleven marketing maven in the building, Miss Tashima Jones. I am so glad you didn't use the fish to segue me. Oh man, I, that, that wouldn't <laughs> the even whole be fish right. Quote, because that just would not be fun. That wouldn't even be right. Okay, so I am here as always, happy to be here. And for brand new money, I wanted to talk about being clear. I liken brands to people. And have you ever been around a person where you just don't know what to expect from day to day? Um, that can be a really, really bad situation for a brand. So being clear as to who you are, what your product and service is, and more importantly, your brand personality. Who are you? How do you want your audience to feel? How do you want to leave your clients feeling and thinking about you on a regular basis? Being clear takes time. When we first start out, we dibble and dabble in different things. And we have to first learn ourselves, just like a child has to learn who they are and who, what their purpose is in the world. So does that brand. But after a while, you have to really solidify that mission and that vision and your purpose and be that on a continual basis. So being clear um, in your intentions and also in what you are providing. No, absolutely. I absolutely love that, right? Because that's a perfect tie-in to what we talked about today about being uniquely you, right? Because if you're not clear about who you are, what your business is, your brand message, you're not going to be able to attract that perfect client that you that you want to attract. And so it goes hand in hand. I, I, I a thousand percent agree uh, that it's important. You have to be clear. You have to know who you are, who are you targeting? What is your message? What do you want your, your, your the folks who are your potential clients? What do you want them to get out of your business? And on top of that, you also have to find out who your general audience is and who your clientele is, especially when you're in media. People have to realize that you are selling an audience. So it's not always based on your physical product or service. So who you're speaking to is definitely important um, in addition to what it is that you're supplying. No, absolutely. And and and, and speaking of who we speaking to today, <laughs> we are speaking to uh, someone who is so dynamic. Like I'm going to read his bio, uh, you know, after the break, but I don't even think his bio, you know, is going to really do justice. So I'm, I'm looking forward to having this conversation. Uh, you know, if you're tuned in live, you may want to call in. 212-650-6903 you know we, we're gonna have a great conversation um just about everything but uh we're gonna take a quick music break uh and then we'll come back with our special 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 guest this is ash cash mr shima jones the ash cash show you're now tuned into the financial motivator himself ash cash mr mind right money right money right money we are back the ash cash show Every Friday, 7 p.m., WACR 90.3 FM, New York, the voice of Harlem, Ash Cash, Miss Tashima Jones. So we are excited about the guest that we have today. We have Mr. Matt Evertson in the building with us. And Matt is a lifelong devotee and passionate advocate for the arts. He was the music director of the Quarterly Arts Soiree at the legendary and world-famous Webster Hall, creator and host of the Soloette Sessions, an intimate showcase performance series, and the Ronin Hour. 
independent radio show of the bespoke design in mind for the eclectic and curious music listener. Matt is a creative director, having provided creative direction and music licensing for dozens of television, commercials, and digital spots for brands such as Bebe, uh, Calvin Klein, Giorgio Armani, Nokia, Pepsi, Playboy, Uniqlo, uh, Visionaire World, Victoria's Secret, Volvo, and Viceland, just to name a few. His work has been profiled by popular music blog, uh, Pigeons and Planes, and Matt is a frequent panelist at conferences and events. Syracuse University Bandier Lecture Series 2015, Guild of Music Supervisors Conference 2016, New House Creatives 2016, and the Vegas Music Summit 2013 through 2017. He is currently producing Vegas Cannabis Summit happening February 14th and 15th as well as a feature documentary on the rise of the band Imagine Dragons scheduled uh, to be released early 2018 ladies and gentlemen round of applause for my man my brother Mr. Matt Everson I'm wonderful. Happy to be here. Happy 20 great teen. Oh, I, lo- oh, I, I like love that, it. right? Yeah. Happy 20 great teen. That's what it's about. And so, you know, in typical fashion, I always read the bio. Um, yeah. But but I also, I want, I want guests to tell me in their words who they are. So talk to the people. Yeah. Who is Matt Everton? Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a advocate of the arts as as the the bio mentioned it's one of the most important things that uh has developed my personality my career uh who i am my outlook on the world is something that i feel that needs to be uh supported at all costs um so it's always been uh at the forefront of my of my ambition and objections to support quality artists and people of merit who kind of you know who i feel deserve the platform to kind of share that uh expression so that's kind of been the the motivating factor behind most of my professional life. But uh, you know, it's my passion for that art that's that drives it all. So you know, I'm, I'm a passionate uh, music fan, nice. art art junkie, whatever you want. You know, however you want to label me. Nice, uh, yeah. nice. And 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 so and, and where, where when did you know that you had passion for art, passion oh, for music? I mean, my entire life, I was fortunate that, uh, you know, I had parents who played uh, a wide, diverse range of music and, and were uh, always bringing my brother and I to, to, to see plays. My, you know, my, both my parents are educators, so be it like the, the play at my dad's high school, we would go to see that. And just always being aware of that kind of entertainment outside of just, you know, movies and television, the, the theater, the, you know, and music from all the artists. The Beatles, James Brown, you know, everybody in between up to uh, when I was growing up, like CC Music Factory, my mother and I rocked out nice, to that. Nice, day. Nice, yeah. I know, right? <laughs> just appreciating culture, the best of culture from, from any media, really, and just being able to try to appreciate and know what my tastes are and why, you know? No, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And, and so, and, and also talk to us a little bit about um, some of the, the causes that you're passionate about, right? Yeah. So, you know, I know you personally, that you know, you're my brother, and... You know, so music, art, but there's, you know, there's also a social side Absolutely. to what you're passionate about. Talk Absolutely. to us about that a little bit as well. Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, I find it, uh, I find that there's so many parallels or, or so much connectivity between the social issues that we might be able to touch upon um, 
and there's there's many of them. I'm sure we'll probably get into to the specifics, uh, but you know, none of them are singular to themselves. You know, and culture, the culture that we live in, uh, especially nowadays, it's a, it's an ecosystem that you know, as much as it may seem that we're separate, we're certainly not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we reflect each other in so many ways that to be able to support the best elements of it is something that I'm really passionate about, right? Mm-hmm. And just being able to tell the truth. You know, I think uh, so much of our education or so much of our upbringing uh, across the, the you know, public school system or religious upbringings or however you want to, you know, uh, sanction off how people were raised, there's a lot of, there was a lot of falsehoods to a lot of the mm-hmm. things that we were taught or just certain neglect, you know, mm-hmm. to a lot of the things that you and I touch on just as far as your whole platform here about trying to educate people on personal finance. Um, that's, th- those are lessons we're not, we're not, you know, you're not taught about that. You're mm-hmm. taught corporate finance, you're taught all sorts of things except for how to make your money, keep your money, investing yep. your money, your family, and those sort of things. So it's very important for me to, uh, to, to highlight the truth mm-hmm. in whatever we're talking about, right? And just being able to, to create opportunity for people to do it on them, the, for themselves. That's mm-hmm. one of the biggest touch yep. points you and I, you know, as young entrepreneurs uh, are, are about being able to put people in a position of ownership or yep. whatever, and whatever that ownership is, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, and it's not so much uh, racial, racial or edu- uh, generational or even access to education. You know, we've, we've spoke about this many times. Yep. It's, kind of, it's all classism and, yep. and, and uh, access to certain education. I'm really fortunate that I, I've been blessed to have a great education, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and that's part of how I've, you know, been able to apply the, those things that I've learned to become the man that I am today. And, those, and knowing those things is what makes me want to be able to touch on and reach back and try to help out where, where I can on those issues, you know, yeah, be it criminal justice or, yep. or whatever. But, um, yeah. It's an exciting time because we have these platforms now to, to, to shine light on it. Absolutely. You know? And, and, and that, you know, you know I, w- I wanted to touch on something that you said, and, and this is probably, you know, like the genesis of uh, even, you know, us having, you know, conversations on the side or, you know, uh, over lunch and, and just having uh, certain discussions. Yeah. And I thought it was important um, for us to have this, this dialogue because you said something about uh, that, that, that I think is important. Um, as it relates to not being about race, mm-hmm. but really about class, right? Uh, because I, you know, I remember a time where she, you know, I have a nine-year-old daughter, um, and my wife and I were talking, and we were talking about my daughter, and we were talking about how, um, you know, she's going to live in a colorless society, you know, because, uh, you know, she, you know, she went to to schools um, that weren't predominantly African American or black. Um, It was a great mixture. It was a great mixture of white folks, uh, Asian, you know, Um, and so they didn't see color. Color is like sort of sort of taught. Um, And then, you know, we fast forward into, you know, a space where uh, unfortunately, um, you know, a a racist was um, elected as president um, and has been sort of spewing defi- divisive rhetoric. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that has made um, this collective of people who start who were, you know, on on the way to not focusing on color right. to now everyone starting to focus on color, even. Black people, right? When when you think about the conversation, whether it's Black Lives Matter, Black Excellence, you know that they're, they're starting to be sort of this division mm-hmm. where um, there's been this inclusiveness, but even the hate is starting to divide the those who had loved 
once upon a time. So talk to us a little right. bit about about that. Your thoughts well, on you that? Well, t- you touched on a few things. It's funny. Drake had a line in his new song. He says something like "Black excellence, except for me, though," or mm. something. You know, I yep. guess in referring to to him having uh, mixed parents or whatever. But touching on the you know your daughter's generation. I, you know, it's hard for me to separate generations anymore. You know what I mean? Especially because of hip-hop. Hip-hop was such a dominant and, you know, it crossed so many of the, of the you know, demographics that marketing people would want to try to say by age or race or whatever that it's like, you know, I got friends, brothers, family that, that are in their early 40s. Are mm-hmm. we the same generation? I don't know. And mm-hmm. thinking about your daughter, she's nine. Am I the same generation? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Because we experience such a shared collective, right? Mm-hmm. And like my upbringing, uh, upstate New York, uh, shout out to the 518. I guess I have to do that. Okay, right? okay. Uh, we, well, I went uh, to SUNY Albany. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so there you go. I mean, that 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 community to me is, uh, is a really, it's a, it's a reflect. I don't want to say it's a reflection on all of America, of course, because there's no way of doing that. But it's a very diverse community. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And there's not really much economic of any economic anything going on outside of state jobs. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So that creates this kind of very. You know, you want to talk about wealth gaps, but it just creates gaps in culture and ga- gaps to access to things. You know, I don't want to go on a riff about upstate, but they don't have public transportation the way that we're able to take advantage of that in the city. If you want to get to something in the Bronx, you can go and do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Pretty easily. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't really. They don't have that. They don't have. They don't afford that. Uh, <clears throat> that access. But what what is there? And what is what's exciting to me is the lack of those roles. You know what I mean? It's early. Some of the earliest uh, friends over to our house were mm-hmm. kids. You know, people of color, kids mm-hmm. of color, right? And those were things that I was never. It wasn't defined until later, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, it, or or when other people wanted to make that a sort of thing. And but, it, just for Radio Land, what's what's sure. your what's your your, your family heritage? Sure, background? yeah. Well, you know, I'm I'm a white Caucasian uh, American. You know, my my, fa- my family's. Uh, Gee, you know, both my grandmothers are Irish. My grand, one grandfather was was Dutch, the other was Slovakian. So I'm, you know, I'm a mutt. But we're, uh, you know. We're American citizens. Yeah. We're hardworking, blue-collar people. You know what I mean? My parents... But yeah. you can still spit <clears throat> a Wu album worth Yo, words. <laughs> which one should we start with? <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, yeah. I know. We got instrumentals on deck. <laughs> I got you, man. I'm ready. We can do that to break. We just have people start calling them with words. Yeah. Uh, no, it's just, you know, it, uh, I think that hope lies in the reflection of my life, right? And we got to talk about how, you know, representation matters, intersectionality matters, being able to, being able to recognize things that... I'm all for, you know, I feel like we're just continuing our conversation for the other day. I have no problem with black excellence. I have no problem with the concept of trying to unify what has absolutely, you know, been a, a scattered and disruptive concept or, or you know, uh, collective consciousness. So I'm all for that. But but I think we struck on it the other day. It's like, I need that education, too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, let's plug and shout out the book, you mm-hmm. know, the financial lessons. Absolutely. Of, the wake up call. The wake up call. Um and the inspiration in that, you know, the the things that you you've been able to highlight from that that album, I wasn't educated to that either. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and my again, my parents, God bless them, they're hardworking people within the public school system. So mm. they're you know government, you know state, you know we're only making so much money in the year. You right. know what I mean? And like, I think that that's separate. That was one of the things that separated one of my earliest. Uh, you know, professional employment scenarios was that I worked as a, in the service industry, you mm-hmm. know, as a, as a waiter. Mm-hmm. And I, and there was an element to the fact that, well, I could kind of hustle and turn charm on and make a little bit more in tips or make a little, 
where in a way other jobs, retail or whatnot, you just go, you're there for the hours that you're there. You know what I mean? You could fold 200 T-shirts, you could fold 100 shirts, and you're getting paid the same. Mm-hmm. So there's no m- financial motivation for you to put you know, that sweat equity in. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> so very early on, I had the opposite. I had that, like, well, put in a little bit more, you might get a little bit more. And I think that that, off the bat, separated my decision-making and attitude towards career choices or whatnot. Um, and again, I want to be able to provide that program or that platform. It's not a secret, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I want to be able to share that with people so they could do it for themselves too, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned something about truth. Yeah. And we're all for the truth. And I think when, you know, just based on our discussion, discussion the truth is that information equals advancement. Sure. Pretty much, regardless of where you're from, um, regardless of even the education that you have, you know, you know, some people, there's always something to learn. And I think the issue when it comes to money is that reality that we don't know everything. And right. the more you expose yourself to, the more you're able to harvest, the more you're able to bring in um, certain things. And I'm just so appreciative of this conversation because it's not often that we have someone, quite frankly, who looks like you, who says, I need that too. Right. You know what I mean? And I think the more we have these discussions and the more we we really are truthful about our space when it comes to money and when we're more open about it, I think everybody can come up. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that that's a shift in culture where we're starting to see people be concerned with people over profit, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Or just Mm -hmm. the fact that you want to better the community or at the same time that you're trying to make a living. You know, we have these different economic models that have been, you know, revolutionary. The whole Tom's Shoes or um, mm-hmm. Warby Parker is the uh, eyeglass company that does something similar mm-hmm. where you buy a pair and they're, you know, providing a pair to somebody less, uh, you know, fortunate. Mm-hmm. Privilege is privilege, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And access, you know, access to information or access to a quality of life is something that, you know, they say they want to give you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but you can't, it, as soon as it becomes for profit, there's no, it's no longer, exactly. you know, for the people. Right. <laughs> exactly. Know? And I think even with that, I think regardless of where you come from, you have to stop asking and start creating and start Absolutely. expanding your mind, expanding even your vocabulary, expanding the information because the same access that we, if you want to say they have uh, we can get that too. It's just a matter of how you go about it, and I think it takes it takes a certain level of uh, consciousness and really tackling your money mentality. Sure. Like, how do I see money? What is my relationship with money? Absolutely. And I think once you recognize that, then you realize, okay, I need a little bit more of this. And even, you know, they say you don't know what you don't know, but when you don't know something and you realize you don't know it, that puts you in a power seat to Absolutely. find out. Absolutely. You know, to find out and to really discover that information. And I just think having this conversation within the hip-hop culture itself is not only groundbreaking, but I feel like it's something that we need because we always see, uh, you know, the the glitter and the gold, right. but we don't know how you got there. Like, I want to know the yellow brick road you sure. took and, and that <laughs> to get be, there. That should be uh, accessible, you know, right? And we, we, never see, we never see the billionaires with the glitter. Mm-hmm. You, know, yes. you, don't, you don't see that. <laughs> you know, yeah. the reality of what is versus what is, is being presented as reality mm-hmm. or as the truth are often very different, you know, but... Uh, yeah, knowledge of self, knowledge of industry, knowledge of market, knowledge, knowledge is the key. That's the first one, right? Yep. And, and you know, I, I think, you know, and, and thank you so much for, for coming, you know, coming in because I felt like um, 
this conversation was important, right? Because, um, you know, as you talk about the truth, the narrative that has always been uh, given was that when you look at sort of like African-Americans or black people in this country, that they're the ones that are suffering, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you uh, look at someone who's white, who's not black, you automatically, and this is, you know, and, you know, we know the truth, but, you know, you automatically uh, have this assumption that the majority of black folks are struggling and the majority of white folks are doing all right. Um, and then so when you and I had the conversation where, um, you know, I'll be honest, because there, there has been a lot of, um, you know, talk, black excellence and um, and really pushing, you know, the culture forward, at, you know, speaking of, you know, black folks. Um, and, you know, for me, when I wrote the book, when I wrote, uh, you know, The Wake Up Call, Financial Lessons Learned from 444, um, you know, I was intentional about talking to African-Americans. Right. Um, and and in the book, it talked about a lot of uh, the injustice, economic injustice that happened um, to African-Americans, whether it's Jim Crow laws, slavery, uh, whether it's mass incarceration, all these different things uh, that were targeted towards, uh, you know, to, to, to towards black folks. Um, but then when, when you know, you know, before Matt and I had the conversation, um, People who follow me, right, because I have a, a large following on social media, but I had a lot of white folks coming to me asking, hey, can I read this book? Like, mm-hmm. I, like you know, I need this information as well. You know, can I mm-hmm. read the book? And then so Matt and I started having a conversation and, you know, he started telling me about his background, how he came up. And I'm like, oh, that sounds similar, right? It sounds wow. similar. And so this is what opened up that dialogue uh, about money in black and white, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you know, it's really about classism. Right. And and so when you do think about um, sort of economic injustices that have happened, you know, there, there are still things that everybody goes through um, and knowledge that everybody don't you know, they, they do not get, you know, based on uh, economic status and not necessarily, you know, you know, racial status. Yeah, I mean, it's not I mean, it, economics plays a part of it. Racism is absolutely very real mm-hmm. and plays plays its own part into it all. But getting past those those uh, predetermined like th- these are constructed pitfalls. Th- these are booby traps by design. You know, mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. they're laughing at the bank while everybody else is fighting over over this this stuff. You know, it's like. Uh, I think by being able to expose things for what they are and being real about it, but being real about it is going to put people in real uncomfortable positions. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's not comfortable for me to have to admit that, like, yeah, I've gotten further in life by the access that I had to school and education and the neighborhood that I grew up in. All that is very real. Mm-hmm. So to, to just say, oh, well, it's inconvenient for me to admit that that's a part of my success is mm-hmm. <laughs> arbitrary. We're not going to be able to get anywhere from that. You know what I mean? And there's other people uh, of color who have way more advantage than I've ever had. Does mm-hmm. that put them in a place better? You know, it's like, I don't want to get into that kind of schematics. I'm mm-hmm. just trying to talk about, let's have access to information that puts people in a position to each be able to participate equally. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, it's a bit naive, but... I want the best product to rise to the top. And mm-hmm. I think at the, at the end of the day, I'm, I am a little bit of, of a capitalist in that way that, yeah, the, I, I like healthy competition. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. the best being the best for what it was. I, it's funny, you know, it's an exciting weekend here in the city with the, the Grammys mm-hmm. being back. And people are always curious about my opinion, given the nature of my job, you know. And, and it's like, well, what do I really care? No. Do they play a functionality that's important to the industry overall? Yes. And that's certainly undeniable, mm-hmm. you know, but... At the end of the day, I'm not going to 
argue about, well, this person's getting a look and this person's not. An award show by nature is a marketing mechanism, mm-hmm, okay? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You want to celebrate culture. Well, mm-hmm. then let's not look to these institutionalized marketing mm-hmm. tools as those, you know, uh, credit, you know, things to be credited by, right. you know? And uh, <clears throat> I think that is, is is the deeper conversation overall of, like, being if we're going to really make this equal for everybody to participate in, well, then let's really take down some of these pre-existing uh you know, roadblocks. No, absolutely. So, so that, so that's step one, right? So, so step one um, is really, you know, access and or, or not access, but uh, you know, have you know, speaking the truth and 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 really giving access to knowledge. Um, but what are some other steps that you know someone who may um, you know be in a in, in a space of um, economic deprivation where yeah. they don't have access, right? You What's another prioritize. step? Yeah. You know, you got to prior- you got to prioritize what that drink is worth to you, mm. you know, or what that date is worth to you or what that what it fill in the, whatever you want to fill in that blank is 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 worth to you, you know, you um you were touching something on something earlier and I didn't want to interrupt you but like the amount of respect you allow yourself uh, is the same amount of that you're going to allow yourself to be paid, right? Or like, how much time are you going to invest in this? Well, how much time are you going to invest in yourself? Or how much are you going to invest in that Xbox 360 or Definitely. PlayStation 4? Like, how, is it giving you that reward back? If you can justify that, then that, you know. But you got to get your priorities straight. You know, and, I, and in the book, I love it. You got to pay yourself first. Yep. You got to pay yourself first. You know, you're going to pay the beer company first. Right. You're going to pay the, you're going to pay this, you know, cigarette company first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who, where's your money go? Mm-hmm. Where's your time go? What are you thinking about? You know, what is, who are you hanging out with? All those things, it, it boils down. And that's why I think in the beginning of the conversation, it's like, man, it's such a broad stroke to say, what am I passionate about social causes? Because they're all related. You right. know what I mean? If we want to talk about the, uh, the music people listening to, the activity they spend their time doing, the people they spend their time doing it with, the conversations they're having, what does that relate to and what they're thinking about when they're at work or when they're with their family or all this stuff is... It's a it's a uh, it's spiritual warfare, you know. Mm-hmm. It's it's a war of hearts and minds, man. We, and we got to try to, you know, it's the wake up call and more than just the title of your book, mm-hmm. you know. And Absolutely. I think that is the, it's a it's obvious and it's cultural, but it's 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 global in a way that you know the internet is such a powerful, unpredictable tool. Then, you know, we always joke about the they's, right? The who are these, you know, mm-hmm. industrial banker, warmonger, who, you know, fill in the blank. We know who you are. Right. But uh, the other they's in the sense of uh, we're all trying to uh, achieve the same things. And because of the Internet, we've, it's been broken down and we've had access to stuff. If, if they knew that that was going to happen, they would have never allowed it to mm-hmm. happen, right? So they don't have full control. Nobody has full control. You have full control mm-hmm. over your thoughts, over your time, over who you're dedicating these things to, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like that freedom of information is so powerful. That's why people need to pay attention to things like net neutrality. Mm-hmm. Or you need to pay attention to who's, you know, in their local office or who's their local sheriff or mm-hmm. who's their local DA or all these things because it affects your, your nieces and nephews and mm-hmm. brothers and sisters and you know, when your teenage fill-in-the-blank is ready to uh, get out of high school, he's like, well, military looks good because mm-hmm. they're going to pay me. Well, why are those choices so easily available, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But the access to school isn't so easily readily available. Mm-hmm. All these things are the stuff that I like to, you know, bring up because it makes people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And oftentimes there's either some cognitive dissonance where they don't want to admit that what's going on is for a certain reason or they're just totally unaware of it. And now that you brought it to their attention, well, now we can make some some progress, mm-hmm. you know? I didn't know about Standing Rock without the internet. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about Bernie Sanders and Killer Mike's support without the internet. I, you know, you, how the heck would anybody know? Right. 
We don't, but now we do. And being able to tap into those resources is very powerful when you know the the audience who's waiting to hear that message. Mm-hmm. They might not even know they need to hear that message, but they do, you know? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, and you mentioned, like, where we spend our time. Jim Rome said the price of a television is not how much you pay for it, but the time the you sit hours, there yeah. watching My it. My grandfather called it the tin god because <laughs> you just, you just there in front of it, yeah. just worshiping it. Definitely. So... Going from waiter to where you are now, what were yeah. some uh, personal steps that you took? What was it, like the the mentality? You know, how did you have to switch up your mentality or your well, drive? Or it, it, yeah, it took sacrifice. You know, it took times where it's like when we're out, you know, people are going out to celebrate or going out to socialize, knowing those times that you should just fall back. You know what I mean? Prioritizing. Uh, your entertainment, you know, budgeting your entertainment. Another you know, shout like out that. to the wake up call. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> uh, budget your entertainment. I think. Uh, I think early on, I knew that there was no. There was my dad doesn't have a company that I'm going to go to work for. There is no just waiting inheritance. There is nothing there besides what I'm going to be able to create, right? And that early hustle of saying like, "Oh, I'll turn the charm on," or "I'll just work twice as hard to get another table," making a difference at the end of the day provided a. a you know, an architecture to how I approached anything, you know what I mean? So uh, shout out to, to the Charlie Red duo and, and the song we heard in the beginning. One of my earliest conversations was the producer of that song uh, at a Starbucks on like 33rd and 8th Avenue, however many years ago. And I was this young, wide-eyed, naive kid, you know, recently graduated college with no job offers, with no real immediate answer of, like, how am I going to do this? But it was just like, you know, stick to yourself, follow follow your passions, know who you are, and go out there and get after it. So that's exactly mm-hmm. what I did. You know what I mean? And there would be times where we'd be out when, you know, I'm drinking club soda. Mm-hmm. It looks like I'm drinking, yeah, but it, but my wallet didn't look <laughs> like I was drinking. You know what I mean? Or, or going to or, the places that I knew I had. Shirley Temples, you know? I love Shirley Temples. <laughs> you got to take advantage of yeah. the things. You know, my I was lucky and fortunate to do a lot of great work out of the uh, the amazing uh, uh, building that is Webster Hall, and a lot of that spawned from the relationship that I had by running a nightclub upstate owned by that same family. You know, it was and it's relationships, it's network, it's it's integrity, it's reputation, it's knowing what I'm trying to accomplish, and and just being you know maybe not always knowing how, but knowing knowing what, and then mm. figuring out how you know universe figuring out backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah talk, absolutely. Yes. You know, a lot of one on ones here. You yeah. know, it's not rocket science, and that's I think what's so important about our dialogue is to make it real to people. Right. It shouldn't be a New York City thing. It shouldn't be right. a elitism thing. It shouldn't yeah. be a cool kids thing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the coolest parties when everybody's there. Absolutely. You know, and it's like I want to whatever it's gotten me here. Let me pass it along to everybody else so that you can get where you needed to go because I couldn't have done this alone yeah. you know in, in the same way that people haven't been able to get where they're going without the support that I've been able to show them mm-hmm. and those sort of things I think are just the most important summary items exactly. yeah, absolutely absolutely alright cool powerful 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 we're going to take a quick music break but when we come back we're going to come back with more of my man Matt Everton. this is Ash Cash Mr. Seema Jones the Ash Cash Show <laughs> Now tuned into the financial motivator himself, Ash Cash, Mr. Mind Right, Money Right. Money Right. Break unless I'm too smart for that. Oppression from the master. So I had to get my bachelor's. I'm headed for my master's. A young black man with a college degree. Ain't it a shame on what they hate to see? It's D. It's West. It's D. West in the building with us as well. Uh, but we also have Mr. Matt Everson in the building. He is... 
a man of many hats, um, you know, breaking down sort of like money in black and white. Like, I, I, I think that's a, a, a dope We got to start the show. Yeah, we got to, we got to, we have to. We're going to be, I, we're going to be on it. Yeah, but we have to because I think that it is important um, that people hear the truth. And I know, you know, and, and it's funny because I know that there are so many different ethnicities that have gone through their own sort of uh, obstacles, so to speak, right? And so even, you know, me as an African-American, I know the uh, economic injustice that, that has happened that has sort of stopped us in the past uh, economically. But then I also know um, that whether it's it's you know white people, whether it's uh, Latinos, whether it's Asians, like there's so many other obstacles, right? We all sort of like go through things, um, and so you know there there are when you think of, of the majority, right? When you think about one uh, percent, right? The one percent actually controls majority of the wealth in America, and that does not exclude all the other ethnicities out there, right? And so that's why I think it's an important conversation um, that, you know, even Martin Luther King says, injustice for one is injustice for all. And so even as blacks or Hispanics or whoever, they're trying to gain their economic freedom, they also have to, uh, it's all about inclusion, right? It's, in, it's, it's that inclusion that allows us to rise as a, as a community uh, because, you know, there's power in numbers. And when we start to realize that we all are going through a lot of the same things, um, then we'll, we'll, we'll sort of like understand, you know, why unity and love is what's important. Um, and so I wanted to pivot a little bit, um, and and this this may segue into you know you know another topic we were talking about. But uh, you have a summit that's coming up in in Vegas mm-hmm. um, that intertwines music and cannabis. Talk mm-hmm. to us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the music summit's been going on for I think seven or eight years, and uh, it's you know two days of, of leading industry expert panel programming with entertainment at night. Um, and you know, I've been, I've participated as a panelist and a moderator for the past four or five years. Um, a little, almost close to a year ago, I threw an event in Los Angeles that was in support of the new narrative behind cannabis, which is, uh, towards health and wellness and, uh, towards understanding a re-education across the entire country and world about the sinister and malicious prohibition that's been taking place for the past 80 years. Mm. Uh, and out of that support, there was a lot of, you know, excitement and, and, um, and interest. And one of the founders from the music summit was, was in the audience for that party and thought, you know, can we apply our, you know, their model to this, to this network and to this community? And I said, well, let's try it. You know, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's something that's important to me because, you know, that we're in, we're in, living in two very different worlds and ve- two very different countries a lot of the time, right? Mm-hmm. And and that being uh, such a crux of so many issues, be it um, economic, uh, environmental, criminal justice. You know, there's so many things that are tied to that plant. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of, uh, you know, it's, it's a it's it's a it's a tough story. It's a, it's a sad story, and it's one that we got to face as a, as a country and kind of try to reverse the wrongs that have been done. You know, um, and it all stems back to the to the underlying elements of these divisive racist tactics that keep people at odds with one another. When really, you know, there's so much more uh, that we can do together to grow and prosper. You know, peace priority, right? You know, and that sort of thing is 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 where that all uh, the motivation behind that, because the truth is, you know, they've been lying to us for and poisoning us with the with the 
you know, the quote-unquote medicine that the pharmaceuticals try to pass off to you or, or you know, there's just, it's so deep. Mm-hmm. It's like the biggest, ugliest conspiracy maybe in, in you know, Man, so in a food, long time, man. We're talking, about, we're talking about millions of lives of people incarcerated. Wow. You know what I mean? Families destroyed because of, because of unjust and it just, just lack of understanding. You know, I won't get into the, the full details, but anybody who, who's interested, you know, research uh, the prohibition of, of marijuana and cannabis in this country. It really begins in 1937 with uh, Adslinger and... And and uh, Hearst, who was a newspaper owner, who started Yellow Journalism, that that started to spread the the term marijuana, which was a Mexican slang term for the for the uh, for the plant cannabis, which was found in pharmacies and and all over every you know everywhere. It was very prominent, uh, but it was you know racism and and um, you know some other the fossil fuel industries, these sort of things that kind of fueled this this uh, prohibition and. and you know, 80 years later, out of the work that, you know, has come from California and, and great heroes like Jack Herrera and people who, you know, really um, were able to change the perspective of what this 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 plant is able to do through the science of, of healing and medicine with terminally ill people. And, you know, much like food, you know, regulation, government regulation is not all bad. We want some regulation or you don't know what they're going to, you don't know what's in that, whatever you're eating, unless you have that kind of protocol. And it's the same with the, the cannabis industry. Mm-hmm. You know, so we support, we support regulation. We support, uh, you know, having compliance. We support knowing the process of, of all that stuff. You know, it's the same with GMO, right? It's all the same. All this stuff is connected, man. It's a real... It's a big show mm-hmm. going on, and and often oftentimes they keep you distracted with other shows so right. that you don't watch that one. Wrong, but, man. Uh, absolutely, and that so, will be part two. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And so, but but talk to us a little bit about the whole, you know, the uh, prison and military industrial sure. complex and how. Well, that, I mean, it's a fun. theory. I don't know how much I can get into the facts of these things, but you know, the war on crime affects people of color, and mm-hmm. it affects people of low income. Uh, you know, housing, low income communities, you mm-hmm. know, be, be it mainly people of color who live in those communities. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's the war on drugs, you know, just another brief, quick history that started in the, with, with the, uh, prohibition in the thirties, um, you know, was re was ignited with, with Nixon in the sixties mm-hmm. because you had, uh, the black Panther movement and you had guys like, you know, Fred Hampton bringing people together and the rainbow party and, and, you know, including white people and Latin Latina people and, and being able to fight the oppression, knowing that it was that kind of systematic sort of institutionalized, institutionalized, uh, stuff that was going on. Well, they can't break up people for public assembly. They can't break up black Panther parties for meeting. They can't break up they can't arrest hippies for being anti-war and against the war in Vietnam, but they do know that all these parties do engage in consumption of this plant. So we can use that as a tactic to break and kick down their doors and their meetings and disrupt their assembly. And you fast forward 20 years later in the eighties and Reagan did it all over again, um, with the war, with the war. This is, these are, these are facts, you know, I'm not, this is not to spin any narrative that I'm trying to create. These are, this is our American, this is our shared American history, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, and I think that it's a travesty and it's it's gut wrenching and, and it's something that like I'm very passionate about bringing to the forefront, because once we start to expose these truths, it's only a matter of time 
that people will no longer be able to tolerate it. You know what I mean? And much like the women's march, I love these women's marches. Support the women's march. We support Black Lives Matter. I said, when are you guys, you guys going to be at the next Black Lives Matter march too, right? Because mm-hmm. all we're, we're all fighting for the same thing. You know, yeah. people don't get a, aren't affected until it reaches their front door. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest things that's affecting everybody's front door that nobody wants to talk about, our Vietnam War, is the opiate epi- mm-hmm. epidemic mm-hmm. and all this fentanyl poison that is in this. In this it's, it's insane. Yeah. I graduated high school in 2002. Mm-hmm. And uh, eight of my graduating high school kids have checked out from, wow. from too much or a bad batch. And it's all, again, we go back to the earliest conversation where I'm talking about upstate. People have nothing to do up there. Yeah. There's no culture. There's nowhere for them to go. There's nothing. For, they have no money outside of cheap pies and, and 30 racks of beer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. this is the life that people are living. That ain't no life. Wow. You know, and so these, these are the things that I'm passionate about bringing. You know, I want to bring music. I want to bring celebration. I want to bring people out of that kind of stupor, mm-hmm. you know, because it's just the same poison in the food is the poison in the entertainment. It's the poison anywhere that we have to be aware of to know what are we allowing into our bodies, what are we allowing into our consciousness, what are we allowing into our minds, you know. I'll go on to for another two hours. I know. Know. I'm just, I'm, you're saying so much, you know, like those... That it's it's all connected, you know, and I think the thing that really separates us is the goal, honestly. Like, that is the goal, to separate us. When we realize everything is connected, um, we can definitely move forward so much farther and so much faster. Absolutely. All right, Money Matt, if somebody wanted to connect with you, where's the best place where they can find you? I'm easily accessible. I'm on the internet. Young internets, you know, rest in peace, Reggie. Shout out to the internets. Um, I'm I'm easily found uh, on Instagram at Roninology, R-O-N-I-N-O-L-O-G-Y, and that's the same handle for Tumblr, SoundCloud, and Twitter. Um, It's Matthew Evertson. They spelled my name right on the promo. Thank you for that. (laughs) Uh, And, yeah, Hit me up. Give me a shout. I hope somebody was going to call in, but we'll say we'll have to do that another time. No, for real, for real. <laughs> but round, round of applause. Yes, peace, peace, peace. For Matt Everton, my man, Matt, we appreciate you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Mr. Shima Jones, it's that time. Yes, it's that time. Where can the people find you? You can find me on TashimaJones.com. All of my social media and contact information can be found there. And me, I am Ash Cash. Make sure you visit me, IamAshCash.com. Become my friend on Facebook, Facebook.com slash IamAshCash. Follow me on Twitter, Twitter.com slash IamAshCash. And I'm on Instagram too, Instagram.com slash IamAshCash. Make sure you go to Amazon.com. Check out the new book. The Wake Up Call, Financial Lessons Learned from 444, plus a step-by-step guide on how to implement each financial step in stores now. It was a number one bestseller, too. I just want to want to put that out there. I'm saying number one bestseller in the rap category, number one bestseller in the wealth management be- uh, category. You know, fast shout to everybody who has purchased the book, uh, but but not just purchased the book, but people who have really gotten some some benefit from it. You know, they, they, I've, I've had people who have read the book and they're like, man, I you know, I bought eight copies and sent it off to people. So uh, the love is real. I think this is for me. I humbly say uh, this is the my best work. Uh, I'm proud of it. Uh, I really think uh, that if people take heed, this is the beginning of a conversation of moving the culture forward. Um, so, yeah. Yes. All right. Till next week. <laughs> same time. Same place. Peace.
Peace. Peace. You are now tuned in to the Ash Cash Show. Your number one source for financial motivation. Get your mind and your money right.